Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is my co-host Brian Mosey. Brian, we're a couple weeks into prep sports now. It's starting to feel, I'd almost say, a little bit normal. Um, how are you doing today? Yeah, no, it is starting to be a little bit normal. I, um, it's been a lot of fun kind of just hanging out and seeing the teams, and um, I know little by little we're getting closer to getting to see every single team and trying to make the rounds, so... Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's been a lot of fun and doing well today. Yeah. It's a good challenge to try where, you know, we're trying to get out and see everyone only so many, so many games, so many nights, so many of us to do it, but we're slowly chipping away. Um, we got to see a lot of basketball this last week. Um, Brian also got to see some swimming. Um, so we're going to get into some of those sports and then we're also going to look ahead. We're going to be at, uh, wrestling, basketball, um, and a couple other things, dance also, both of us this weekend. So um, second part of the show, we'll kind of preview what we're going to look out for um, the rest of the week. And the first part of the show, we're going to talk a little bit about some of our, um, just kind of what we've seen over the last couple couple days um, since last Wednesday when we recorded. We're recording this on a Thursday morning, um, just a little bit of a different schedule because of um, some family matters, but um, we're still here to bring the podcast to you as usual. So um, I guess the first place we're going to start off is girls basketball. Um, the big storyline that I got to cover this week was Ricori girls basketball starting five and zero. They got the win over Apollo. I was at that game on Tuesday night after going to Apollo first. Found out it was actually at Ricori. Um, haven't had that. Haven't got to have that fun in a long time. Picking the wrong place on the schedule. So um, got there right on time though. So kudos. Yeah. Well, I got there on time, like right on the dot, and. We're already five minutes into the game. So I missed the first five minutes of the game. Um, but it was 10 to 6. And Ricori, after that point, they really just kind of started to roll. Um, they got a lot of sto- um, a lot of scoring from Jada Bierschbach. She's been kind of their leading scorer um, throughout the entire season. She's averaging over 20 a game. Um, she got to the line a lot, got some easy layups um, kind of as the game went on. But, you know, all five starters for them were in double figures. Um, Madison Therese with 15, Jenna Boos 13, Avery Berg 12, and Ashley Libesmeyer 10. Um, and they just had that really balanced scoring attack that, um, you know, Apollo kind of just had fits with. They put lots of pressure on them, um, forced a lot of turnovers. They got about a 20-point lead at halftime, and they just kind of maintained that through the second half, didn't really extend that lead. Apollo came out um, really strong out of the half, kind of put together a, you know, 8-0, 10-2 run to start the half. And then Ricori kind of, they settled in to win that game. But it was pretty big because Apollo only won two games last year. Both were against Ricori. Um, you know, sometimes you ask him after the game, you know, were you thinking about that? And some coaches and players will tell you, no, you know, one game at a time, all that. But no, they were like, yeah, we wanted this one. Like, they're like, that That left a bad taste in our mouth. We couldn't come out and play like that again, especially starting the season strong. Um and they, they weren't even really focused on that undefeated record. They, they were focused on beating Apollo. So 
they were able to get that 71 to 54 win um, and move to five and zero. which, you know, Brian, as you kind of know now from that story, that's, that's a big deal around there. That doesn't happen a lot at Ricori. No. I mean, I know when we were talking about it at the very beginning of the season, we, we kind of were like, okay, like they got a nice win to start off the season, you know, very cool. And then it became like two wins and we're like, all right, got that streak going. And then three and you're like, okay, this is actually becoming a thing now. Like, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> and no, I mean, it's, it's, um, Zach wrote a really nice story. Um, it's for subscribers only. So if you want to read it, make sure to subscribe. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while since, um, they've had this type of success early on in the season. I mean, like you said, last year they went 11 and 15 and now they're pretty much at their best record so far since, um, their last winning season in 2004 to 2005 season. So, um, I mean, I guess you were kind of able to talk to a lot of these, uh, like the players and coaches, I guess, what was kind of their vibe when it came to just how this season has started? Yeah, it's, it started really strong. They're doing a lot of some of the same stuff they did last year. When I saw them, I think they started, they weren't undefeated. They lost pretty early, but I think they were up to, you know, five and one, six and two or so to start the year. Um, and that was the first time kind of similar that they'd had anything close to that start in, you know, over a decade. Um, and head coach Val Fraley, she's in her third year. Um, you know, each year she's kind of said that what she's been trying to implement, they've kind of taken to more and more and it's starting to really click. Um, they press the entire game. They're always running. They're always trying to beat the team down the court. Um, and they have the athletes to do it. They're really dedicated to doing it. They share the ball well. Um, they move without the ball pretty well. They don't at least the game I saw, they only made one three the entire game, but they got to the line a lot, made a lot of, you know, easy layups. Um, and also both their posts are only sophomores, haven't played varsity before or starting and um, playing really impressively. Um, and they're just kind of getting, yeah, scoring from all angles. Um, they had nine seniors graduate last year. So it's kind of an entirely new team, but they're, they're figuring it out and um, they just seem really committed and focused. And I mean, they, they only have one senior on the team, all the starters or sophomores or juniors. So, I mean, I, I only see it going up from here. It seems like, you know, they've been trying to turn this program around for, you know, 15 years or so now um, to get that winning record. And it seems like with um, Coach Fraley, they might have finally kind of found that ingredient they needed in with these players because they're off to a good start. And, you know, they play Wilmer on Friday, who's undefeated. Um, they're the only two teams that have, I think, less than two losses left in the Central Lake. So, every other team's lost at least twice. So that'll be a big test. If they can beat Wilmer, then I think they're really for real. And then we should really expect some big things from them. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing is with this season, usually you get to start off the season with maybe a couple of like some smaller teams kind of get your feet in the, you know, get your feet in the water and kind of get a sense of how the team's going to do. And then, but this year, you know, with only conference play and maybe a couple section games, like you can't really, you're playing against central lakes, whether you like it or not. And um, I think that's one thing that has been a very big um, talking point with a lot of the coaches has just been you kind of have to throw yourself into the water. I mean, I know for a handful of our teams, they started off the season with probably one of the best teams in the conference. And it's like, all right, let's see how it goes, you know? And uh, so I think, I think just being able to see them start off five and zero against some really good um, central lakes teams I think that's a huge confidence boost. And like you said, Wilmer will be obviously the toughest test um, to see whether or not this is, this is for real. Absolutely. And you were at Sartell versus tech 
um, for girls game the same night, we got to see, you got to see um, some girls basketball for the first time this season. Um, I guess just what, do you just have a couple quick thoughts or a, a big takeaway from what you saw in that game? Well, similar to Ricori, I mean, um, Sartell and Tech uh, faced off on Tuesday and, and Sartell kind of did the same thing as Ricori where they pressed a lot on defense. They made sure to make Tech a little bit uncomfortable at the very beginning of, this, of the game. And talking to their head coach, Katie Martin, she said that was kind of our plan of attack was focus on defense and the defense will create offensive chances. Um, and lo and behold, it did because Sartell won 62 to 26. So a very good game for the Sabres on, uh, on Tuesday night. Um, when, when it came to just the scoring aspect, Sartell doesn't really have like a superstar scorer. Like they don't have, you know, that LeBron James type of, uh, like type of player. Um, instead they have a lot of like just people that dedicate to their role. They know what their role is and they do it really well. Um, and so they had actually 10 different scores, um, 10 different players, players score during the game. Um, Emma, Emma, Emily Crandall and Courtney Snowberger, um, they each had 13 points and that led the team. Um, and then Chloe Swanson and Ella Gainsforth, they each had eight. So those four kind of were the, the big ones, but um, they also had quite a bit of three pointers. I think they had about eight three pointers that night. Um, just really solid um, both halves. Um, as for tech tech had Sarah Harris, she scored eight points, um, and Haley Christensen, she had six points, but, um, yeah, I I think it's just with the Sabres, they were able to just start from right off the beginning and never really looked back. They, they had a 10 0 run to start the game and eventually it went into, I think about a 12 point lead. I would say, I think it was like a 12 point lead for the half. And then the second half, it was just blow them out of the water in a sense. Absolutely. And Sartell, um, they're two and two now in girls basketball and um, on the swimming side, which is always strong. um, They've, they've continued that trend early in the year. There haven't been many swim meets yet, but you got to see them swim against Apollo last Thursday. It feels kind of like a lifetime ago, a week ago now with all the stuff we've been at. Um, But from that meet, um, what'd you see and how, how strong did the Sabres look in their first meet of the year? Well, Sartell's good. Um, oh, well, there we go. We can move yep. on. Then. Great. So let's move on to the next. One. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, Sartell, I mean, like you said, there's a tradition there, both both boys and girls swimming. Um, and that has not died away. Um, Sartell has a lot of or a lot of swimmers back. They have um, some divers back as well. And they are starting to kind of get that complete package once again um, with guys like Carter Larson, Garrett Mraz. Um, David Binsfield, who's a diver. I mean, you just kind of bring back quite a bit of different guys that know what they're doing. They know how to kind of control the younger guys. And that's the one thing that Jason kind of talked to me about afterwards was they have a lot of young talent and it's different this year in the sense that last year they had a lot of veteran guys that kind of took over the reins quite a bit, especially towards that section state time. This year, they're relying on a lot, some young guys to kind of step up, um, you know, like, for instance, the Larson brothers. They have a younger brother named George, George Larson, and he's a freshman. He's stepping up. I mean, he's, he's got he's to take over some of the reins in, in that sense, and he is. He's doing a really good job with it. So it's just a very good, a very good outing for them. They won um, 111 to 64 against Apollo. Um, that was actually their first meet of the season. 
um, due to the snow earlier in the um, year, they weren't able to compete that, that day. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you just have kind of your basic guys back. Garrett was solid in the 1500 um, free. He was flying down. The biggest thing was in the hundred free um, they did, they had George right next to Garrett and George was actually keeping up with Garrett. And I think it kind of turned a couple heads where it's like, wait, who's that guy next to Garrett? And it's like, Oh wait, that's George. Oh gosh. Okay. So, um, so I think that was kind of fun to watch as well. Um, Apollo also had some really good swimmers um, that night. Um, you had Louis Freeman. He placed second um, or he placed third in the 50 freestyle. Then you also had Kalen um, Haskin Brill. Um, he was, he was in the 100 yard freestyle as well. So some really good swimmers for them as well. They're just a young team. Um, you can kind of see from the guy or from the different swimmers and such, it's just a very young team, but all I know is if I know anything about Alexandria Badger, the head coach for um, Apollo, she's going to get these boys in shape and ready to go um, for that section run. Cause I know how important it is to, for her to have at least a couple guys being able to make it to that state meet, if that is a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. And Apollo, they have no seniors this year. I remember when I talked to them before the year. So yeah, they're, they're still coming along, still growing, but um, pretty good effort against the Sartell team. They, yeah, it just seemed like up and down the board, first, second, third, and a lot of the events. Um, and yeah, they're, they're raring and ready to go. So um, fun to see that out of swimming so far as well. Um, the last thing that you got to see so far this week um, on Tuesday, a weird, what was it, one o'clock start yeah. tip-off time for basketball? Um, <laughs> with Tech versus Fergus Falls, Fergus Falls, really strong coming off of, you know, winning the central lakes last year's two a school against basically all three a schools um, returned their two star players. And it seemed like um, they took care of business on Tuesday from what I saw from your coverage. Yeah, no, I mean, unfortunately we haven't, we didn't really get to go see a whole lot of high school sports this week, just due to the fact that I was gone Friday and Saturday for PTO and Zach was covering college. Cause you know, that's his job. Um, so needed to go do that, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but we, we were able to come back on Tuesday. And the one thing we, we have learned as sports writers is that you always check the calendar in the morning, always, because everything changes like every day, every minute, every hour. Um, so on Tuesday morning, I found out that there was an afternoon game at tech and I was like, let's go. So like he said, Fergus falls, very good team. Um, they've, they've played a couple of our local teams and, They've shown no hesitation in that sense um, when the sense of winning, but tech had a really, I mean, I will say, even though they lost 82 to 58, they did show some really good things um, along the way. They had 11 three pointers um, during the, during the game and which is unbelievable. Um, I mean, if you look at that, they scored 33 of their 58 points from behind the arc. That's pretty good. Um, and then, you know, some of some guys that kind of stepped up. I mean, Caden Moya, he's, he scored 17 points, which was a team high. He had five, three pointers along the way. KT Norwood had 12 points and then Devin Yeager and Garrison Murray, they each had 11 points and all of them combined. All four of those players had two, four, nine, three pointers. So um, yeah, I think the nice part was, was that there were, cause I think at the beginning of the season, in your preview, the main names that we kind of talked about was KT and, and Devin coming back and being able to be those leaders. 
it's nice to see some guys like Garrison and Caden that are kind of stepping up into a role and being able to kind of take some charge. But yeah, like you said, Fergus falls when you have chance, the seven footer in the, in the paint, he does a lot of work down there. Um, and it's hard to stop him, especially when you have, you don't have a seven footer. Um, and then Dominic on the outside, I mean, he scored 32 points for, for the, for the otters on Tuesday afternoon. And it's just, it's hard. It's hard to stop those two because they're very good. They're a dynamic duo. They know how to operate with each other and they showed it on Tuesday. So um, I know tech it's frustrating because I think they now are at 0 three to start off the season. Um, not ideal, obviously, but they are playing some really good teams and, but they're also learning quite a bit because you can see it on the stat line with just how they're giving the ball to each other. And there's no one guy that's scoring 800 points a game. You have multiple guys to be able to, you know, if someone has an off night, they can be effective. Yeah. Tech getting kind of a tough draw with them just coming off of a two point loss to Brainerd on Friday too. I'm sure they were looking to kind of take it to someone um, and they came down to tech and they definitely came out hot and um, kind of put in a similar effort to when they beat down um, Apollo earlier in the year too, but Fergus falls two and two um, in the conference central lakes, pretty competitive so far. It seems like Alexandria kind of the team everyone's chasing, I would say um, just from what we've seen through the, the, you know, opening couple weeks. But um, other than that, you know, Sartell off to a good start um, with three wins. Sock Rapids also only lost a game so far and a lot of teams, at, you know, two and two or one and two in the middle of the pack there. So I think there's a lot of parity um, and that leads to really fun games throughout the year. So um, I'm excited to, to see how all of that plays out too, as, as we get deeper into the season and teams kind of separate um, from the rest of the pack. But I think that'll wrap up our first part of the show from what we got to see this last week. Um, so we're going to take a quick break here. We come back, we're going to preview a little bit of Albany boys and girls basketball and also some wrestling and dance um, that we're all going to be covering over the next couple of days. So we'll have a quick break. and I'll be back right after that. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, this week, we're going to be getting out to Albany twice, actually. I'm going for boys basketball tonight on Thursday night. Brian's going to be out there for Friday night, where number two ranked Albany and girls um, are going to be competing as well. So we'll get to see both those teams are undefeated so far and have been really taking care of business. So we're excited to finally get to see them um, both in action on the boys' side. Um, they've been starting really well. As I just said, they beat Foley by 50 last Thursday. Um, Nolan Reuter had 19 and six assists. Andrew Han, Andrew, Andrew Han had 16 points. Um, and then LaCoy Jefferson had 12 points and seven rebounds too. So they kind of cruised to that one. Not really competitive at all in that one. Um, just took care of business. And then they also were able to get a win on Monday night, a bit closer Piers, who's someone that's kind of expected to um, kind of give them a run at a Granite Ridge title last year. Those were the two teams it came down to. Um, and they got it. It was much closer, but they got the eight point win in that one. Um, Nolan had 19 points and five rebounds. Carter Beer, 18 points, five rebounds. And then Ethan Navratil and LaCoy Jefferson, they were also in double figures with 16 and 15 each. Um, and each had nine rebounds, too. So 
Uh, pretty balanced effort there to have four guys with more than 15 points um, spread the ball around, and they've just been looking really strong so far. So, you know, last year they kind of rolled through conference play as well for the most part, um, won the conference by a couple games. So um, excited to see if, you know, it's, it's basically the same team this year, just everyone's kind of a year older, a year more experienced. Um, so I'm excited tonight to get out there and, and kind of see what they're made of this year. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It'll be a lot of fun to, to see how they are able to do. I think I, I almost fell off my chair when I found out that they beat Foley by 50. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I don't see many 50 point margins much in, in, in any high school sport. No. When you see that, you're kind of like, Whoa, okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, no, definitely going to be fun to go see the boys play tonight. I will be over at the girls tomorrow night as they take on Malacca um, at 7.15 on Friday. Um, as for Albany, like he said, ranked number two in the in the latest rankings. I think we're waiting on another ranking to come out this week to see if they maybe bumped up to number one or, you know, maybe stayed at the number two. But as of right now, they're ranked number two. Um, for Albany this past week, uh, the Huskies played Piers on Friday night. Um, they won 56 to 45. Paige Meyer had 16 points, 13 rebounds, and two steals. Um, Maddie Herkinoff had 11 points, 14 rebounds. 14 rebounds. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. <laughs> take on that, too. Um, and two blocks. So um, a pretty good game for the Huskies then. They also came back on um, Tuesday night, and Albany played Little Falls. They won 50 to 22. So a really good defensive. Uh, game for the Huskies. Um, Paige Meyer had 15 points. Abby Christensen had eight and Bailey Kiske had seven points. So um, very good outing for them as well. I think I'm just kind of excited. Honestly, last year, you kind of took over the Huskies job um, when I first came in halfway through the, through January. And I never actually got to watch Paige Meyer play basketball last year. So I'm kind of excited to see what Paige Meyer is all about. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, they, and just it seems like even more this year, just from the box scores, what we've been hearing from their head coach, um, it seems like just a lot more people are stepping up more too. You know, last year, a lot of times she was averaging, you know, 25, 30 points a game. I think there's only one game she's been about that high so far. It seems like they're spreading the ball around really well. Um, yeah. And some of those other juniors and seniors are st starting to hit a lot of shots and kind of hit their stride, which – um, just kind of by their ranking too, kind of shows, I think that people see them as a little more, um, well-rounded and pretty dangerous to, you know, potentially win a section title this year. Yeah, no, I, I, I can't, I, it's funny cause I've been here for over a year now. Last, last week was my one year. Um, and I haven't seen Paige play. So I'm kind of excited to see what, what that's all about. And, uh, I've seen her play volleyball, but haven't seen her play uh, basketball yet. So it'd be kind of fun to see what, what the Huskies are able to do tonight against Malacca. Malacca's one and two to start off the season while Albany is sitting at four. No, as an undefeated team. Absolutely. And, but where you, that'll be tomorrow night, but where you are tonight is um, Sartell Recorey wrestling gets to see wrestling for the first time this prep school year. Um, I guess just going into this one, kind of what are you hoping to see and who are some of the, the names from the teams to watch? Yeah, tonight Sartell is hosting Ricori and Fergus Falls um, in a um, triangular match, I think is what they call it. Um, and so they can only have three teams competing due to COVID. Um, but what I'm kind of looking for is just to see some of the big names. I know when we started off the season, I did my top 10 list. 
There was a lot of Sartell guys. There was a lot of, or there was a couple of Ricori guys, I think. Um, the biggest name with Ricori is Austin Motzko. Um, he's just phenomenal. He's really good at what he does. Um, he's been having a good season so far. Um, and I know for him, he's definitely kind of taken over that leadership role. Um, he played, he, he faced off against um, Adam Jurek from Becker had a really close match on Saturday and uh, lost three to two, but I know he's going to be fired up and ready to come back um, for this match uh, tonight. And then as for Sartell, I know for them, they have a handful of guys, Ashton Lipinski, Spencer Johnson, Dylan Enriquez. Um, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to kind of see what they're able to do and step up. Um, the other one that I'm kind of looking forward to is seeing how Ethan Torgrimson can, can wrestle. Um, I know he's a new guy on the team and obviously people know him as the running back for Sartell this past fall. He's taken over the wrestling reins too. And um, I know he's over in the 220 heavyweight um, weight brackets. And so he's been having, he's been having some early success, I will say. Um, I know he, he competed it on Tuesday night and he got a win over Caleb Barr from Amidji in a three, two decision um, at, at heavyweight. And so I think it'll be a lot of fun to just see what he's able to do and how he's going to be able to do stuff or how he's going to be able to like wrestle. Cause you go from football where, you know, you can pretty much just knock anyone down that you want and no matter what style. And now there's a lot more technique that goes into wrestling someone and trying to take them down. So um, yeah, no, otherwise I think it'll be a fun. It'll be a fun night um, working on a couple feature stories. That'll probably be subscriber only for the weekend. Um, so make sure to kind of get, get, get on the sctimes.com. If you haven't, um, we have plenty of stuff coming up um, as we get ready for, the end of this week. Yeah. And I mean, he's giving up a lot of weight at the heavyweight, you know, weight class too. Yeah. I mean, he goes up to 285 and he's like you said, he's also competing at 220. But I mean, I saw, I think I saw a video he put on Twitter of him just completely body slamming yeah. in the last week or two. So, I mean, I think that will be fun to see just what weight class he's competing at. And yeah, I mean, he, he seems to be kind of a natural at it with that football background. So I think definitely. that definitely something we'll be watching. Um, tonight and then last thing that we know um, we'll be heading to still this week for prep sports is dance on Saturday we'll have um, five of the six teams we actually know four of the six that we cover um, at the Central Lakes Conference meet um, with the St. Cloud co-op and also Soccer Rapids Rice they're going first Um, it sounds like at nine o'clock and then at 11 o'clock we have Sartell and Ricori competing in that one Um, and we haven't got to see St. Cloud or Soccer Rapids you got to see all the rest of the teams we cover in Monticello just about, you know, a little over a week ago. Um, and now you're, we're going to get to kind of see them all compete um, at one place, which makes it nicer for us. So um, I guess, lastly, what are you, what are you hoping to see um, on Saturday when we're both there? Yeah, I think the, the biggest thing for me is just, I want to see um, Sock Rapids' dances. Um, I, I know I talked to um, their head coach, Allie, earlier in the season and seems like it's kind of a fun, fun routine. So I'm excited to see what that, what that's all about. Um, also, I know this is kind of a mixture of both triple a teams as well as double a teams. Um, I know Sartell is double a same with uh, Ricori, but St. Cloud and Sock Rapids are both triple a teams. So being able to see how Sartell competes with some bigger schools um, will be kind of interesting. 
it is being hosted at Sartell. So it's a little bit closer to us, which is nice compared to Mon- Monticello a few weeks ago. Um, but yeah, Sartell, uh, Cathedral and Ricori faced off uh, against each other on Thursday, uh, last week, last Thursday. Um, and Sartell got first, Cathedral got second, and Ricori got third in jazz and high kick. And then there were a couple of meets on Saturday, at, one at Delano. Um, Sartell finished first in both categories. Ricori finished fourth in both categories. Um, Granite Ridge Conference had one, and Cathedral finished first. Albany finished second in high kick, and Cathedral finished first, and Albany finished third in jazz. So I'm, I'm interested to see. Obviously, we know Sartell's good. Um, that's pretty much a given. Um, I'm interested to see what St. Cloud is able to do with, their, with the new co-op and what they were able to kind of whip up. Um, Sock Rapids, obviously interested to see what their routines are going to be like. And then Ricori, just seeing how they're continuing to improve. Um, I know they have a young squad. They looked pretty good at the Monticello meet, um, which was well, their, one of their first meets in the, of the season. And now they've gotten a couple weeks under their belt. So what are they going to be able to do and how are things changing um, for those Spartans as they get ready for the end of this, uh, the end of the season? Absolutely. Yeah. So there's a lot of storylines to look at with that. So we'll be out there on Saturday to um, get photos and write about that and keep you up to date with what that's looking like. And I got to feel like some of these teams are getting really sick of competing against each other at this point. Some of them are even three, four times through these first, what, two and a half weeks and same section, a lot of them, same, all of it. Um, they can't seem to get away from each other. Well, I, I will say the, the nice part is, is when you have the hard part with dance is that you can only have three teams at once. So even though you're competing against nine teams overall, you don't get to see all nine teams because you're on the buses and heading back home. Um, but I know like the Delano, um, the Delano meet and um, on Saturday, I think they had like Anoka in there. They had Delano, obviously they had a couple different teams like that, but the hard part is, is I don't know who competed against two. So Sartell could have, for all we know, Sartell could have competed against Ricori and someone else that they've already competed with um, in that three team. And then they wouldn't have never seen Delano and Anoka, or they might've played or competed against Anoka and been able to watch them. But honestly, in this type of sport, you don't really care how the other teams are doing because ultimately you need to perfect your routine and not really like, it's not like changing or, you know, schematically, changing your, your routine because someone else is doing it. It's not like basketball or something like that, but um, it's definitely nice to be able to see some newer faces. I'm sure. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, yeah, we're going to take one more break um, quick here. When we come back, we're going to hit a couple other sports, um, talk a little bit about college and wrap up the show. So make sure to tune in right after the break. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. We're going to finish up with some scores just from some of the sports around the area. Um, Brian, I know gymnastics. We had a couple meets that um, teams performed pretty well. Do you want to run through some of those? Sure. Yeah. Um, last Thursday, Mamiji went against um, Tech with their co-op with Tech, Apollo, and Cathedral. Um, 
And Bemidji won 138.65 to 138.25. So close one. Really close one. Um, but Taylor Schaefer, as always, pretty outstanding performance for her. Um, she finished first on the vault, second on the bars, first on the beam, and first on floor. Therefore, she finished first in all around. <laughs> Hard to lose when you only get one non-first finish and it's second. So um, so she finished the all-around with 37.5 out of 40. And uh, her highest score was vault, which was 9.7 out of 10, which is pretty, pretty good, um, especially to start off the season. Um, Caitlin Zach also finished behind her. She finished second in beam and second in floor. Um, for Sartell, pretty, you know, started off pretty as pretty strong. Um, they finished with a 138.5 to 132.4 victory over Alexandria. Yeah. And Marley Mashad, she finished, um, with a 9.9 or 9.55 vault score. Um, she also finished first all around with 35.975 as a total score. So a pretty good outing for her and Carly Yang. Um, she also finished with the all around of 33.2, which I believe put her in third. I didn't check real, but I think it was third. Um, as for Friday, um, Sock Rapids went up against Brainerd. Brainerd finished with the win with uh, 136.65 to 132.325. Um, Liberty Kowalski, um, she got first on beam and third in all around. Um, first on beam with a score of 8.625 and an all around score of 33.375. And then Kenzie Schmidt finished third on the vault and third on the beam. Yeah, good, good all around for them. And then um, boys and girls hockey also um, having some pretty good results so far early in the week. Um, Sartell beat Sock Rapids 5-0 um, just last or two days ago on Tuesday. Um, Sartell had scoring from Billy Boathead, you know, an assist to start off. Um, Lason Vandenberg, two goals. Um, Thomas Frankie, two assists. Michael Webster, a goal and two assists. Just scoring all around. Um, Quinton Sigurdsson with 20 saves in the shutout there. Um, and then for St. Cloud, they were able to get, you know, they lost to Roseau, kind of got blown out in the weekend, came back with a good result, beat Bemidji in overtime, um, scored an OT goal with three seconds left, Andrew Cumming with two goals and assists, and Max Rudd continues to tally up assists at a huge rate with two more again in this one. Um, I haven't checked how many that is on the year, but it's a lot at this point. We'll yeah, keep... there's a lot of assists. <laughs> and then Brian Streets with 25 saves on 25 shots on that one, so um, you know, none of the St. Cloud teams at the top of their conference right now. Um, but all of them kind of sitting in the middle of the central lake somewhat, um, through this, you know, kind of early go around, um, tech Apollo, this co-ops in second, uh, Sartell in fourth and then, uh, river lakes and sock rapids race, both a little bit farther down. Yeah, no, definitely. And the only, the only team that is ranked in our area as of right now, um, to the latest let's play hockey rankings is cathedral. They were at 13. They went down to 18 um, due to a couple losses this past week, um, but got some good matchups as they head into the weekend. So we'll see how, if, if the tables can turn at all um, for the Crusaders as they get ready for this upcoming week. Um, but for the girls' side, um, River Lakes just continuing to dominate. Um, and they moved up in the rankings for Let's Play Hockey rankings. 
um, for class 1A. They were at number 12. They went into the top 10 and finished at eight. Um, they are actually above Wilmer right now. Wilmer's at number 10. So um, definitely turning some heads as they get ready for another week ahead. Um, but they actually um, played on Tuesday night and got a really nice win against Alexandria in overtime, um, three to two. Olivia Haynes got a goal. Sophia Hess got a goal. Paige Blattner got a goal. Um, and then Cadence Roski, she got 32 saves, the eighth grade goalkeeper um, or goaltender. Um, and then St. Cloud also got a win against Bemidji, um, a very good win for them after losing a really close loss on Friday to River Lakes 2-1. to one. They came back and beat Bemidji 6-3. to three. Um, Catherine Bell had her hot hat trick of three goals. Malin, or Molly Burkstrand had two goals, and Tori Anderson had a goal herself. Thea Ritter had two assists, and uh, Kaylee Falconer, um, she finished with 16 saves on 19 shots, so a pretty good game for her as well. Um, and then the Storm and Sabres, um, Sartell Soccer Rapids' co-op girls hockey team, they faced off against North Wright County on Tuesday, got the 4-1 to victory. Um, Lauren Wenzel had a goal. Erica Johnson had two goals. Kelly Carney had one goal. Um, so a good diversity of players being able to get, get the puck in the back of the net. Um, Morgan Dorn had 38 saves on 39 shots. The young goalie is really doing her part so far this season and um, has been giving the Storm Sabres a good chance to win some games um, early on this year. I know for them, um, they got the 5-3 to three victory on Thursday against Fergus Falls, um, and Morgan, Morgan Dorn had 17 saves on 20 shots. So um, pretty, good, pretty good week for the girls' hockey programs um, as River Lakes got three wins, Storm and Sabres got two wins, and St. Cloud had, went one and one. Yeah, and, you know, River Lakes and Sartell Sock Rapids squaring off um, tonight, I believe, actually. So that'll be fun to kind of see how they stack up against each other after Sartell Sock Rapids having their first two games of the year canceled. Um, starting off 2-0, good to see out of a young team for them and all the teams now in the win category after St. Cloud got that win. So like you said, good week for girls hockey as well. Um, the other main thing we just want to touch on as we wrapped up was college. Um, St. Cloud State for men's hockey had a big, big weekend, a 3-2 win on Friday. Um, they kind of had to grind out and then an 8-2 win over Miami on Saturday. Um, just couldn't stop finding the back of the net. There was a stretch of, you know, um, it was four on four, um, and then they had a power play two or four on three little stretch. And they just, you know, they racked up three, four goals during that stretch, the middle of the second and just kept it going. Um, Nolan Walker had four goals for them in that game career high for him. Um, and St. Cloud state, I think up to five now in the rankings. So looking really good for them. They had three, um, conference players of the week. Um, and they're, they're rolling in the right direction as they continue to go through their NCHC schedule. Um, so good things seen out of them. And then what I just finished writing about today is St. John's basketball is starting up um, tomorrow night on Friday night. That's where I'll be on Friday night while Brian's out at Albany. Um, St. John's coming off a 27-2 and season. Um, they were in the Sweet 16 of the NCAA tournament when COVID started, um, started canceling everything. They were never able to finish that. So um, in their conference in the MIAC this year, they're doing kind of a condensed regular season schedule. Um, I wasn't sure if we were going to get any Division three basketball, honestly, this year. Um, so it's, it's cool to see them get that back. They have three starters back, um, just a program that's been incredibly strong the last, um, you know, especially four or five years and going back even farther, but they've really taken it to another level, 
um, as this last decade kind of wrapped up. So I'm excited to see kind of how they perform. It's going to be weird because I think last year, I can't remember, it was in the 30s, maybe 37, 38 game home winning streak in the regular season they had going until it got snapped. Um, they just always play incredible at Sexton Arena. And now there's going to be no fans. So um, I'm interested to see if they kind of continue that that prolific home stretch with with no fans, which they've always had such an advantage on on other D3 schools. Definitely. No, for sure. Well, and like we all, like we said earlier in the podcast, you can check out everything on sctimes.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. Um, he's at, at uh, sctimeszach, and I am at, at Brian Mosey. Um, you can also follow at sctimes for Twitter as well as um, on Instagram. I know Zach and Dave have been doing a really good job with putting up their photos after they get done with um, stuff on Instagram. So you can definitely check that out as well as Natalie, um, our um, editor. She's been doing a really good job of putting some good um, Instagram stories and and different things like that on on our social media too. So make sure to check that out. Um, You can check out all of our content on sctimes.com under the sports page. Um, if you want to w- look at a couple of those feature stories like Zach's on the recorded girls basketball team, and maybe a couple more coming up here from me, um, you're definitely gonna have to subscribe and, um, uh, we'd, we'd really appreciate it if you did. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, as always, it's, it, you can always check out everything at many different types of social media channels. So make sure to check them out, um, throughout the rest of this week. Yeah, over 6,000 followers. I think we just hit on Instagram. I think only like a year ago or something, we were only at three, 4,000. Um, we just keep hitting those thresholds and it's fun to see um, even more more following, more interaction with people on that is is always a good time. So yeah, like we said, we're going to be at a lot of high school, college events these next couple of days um, and we'll recap it all again on the podcast next week. So as always, thank you for tuning in to the SC Time Sports Report podcast and we'll see you again next time.